0: Hello friends and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is October the 12th, 2021. My name is Frank. his name is Alex and he's drinking tea? I am drinking tea today, Oh man, look at that.
1: I've uh, run out of gun barrel coffee and got a little bit of like a head cold going on or something. So I, you know, get a little tea, get the throat loosened. Green, Black uh black tea today this is round two i had a lemon ginger for the first one and this is a Mm. lavender chamomile
0: or Uh, something chamomile is
1: uh is non-caffeinated this one is non-caffeinated the second one was the one this morning was regular it's uh it's for sleeping well if i fall asleep during this podcast um you know what go buy this tea (laughs) it works your french press got it out out and about yeah Ooh. Yes, That's such it's such a good cup of coffee, man.
0: God, it's the best, and it's portable. You know, you can take it wherever you want. Have it right wow. at your desk. Just fill you up. And so, what do you do? You boil the water in a in like in a
1: pot, and then pour it in there, or you can um, put that on the stove.
0: No, I have um, kind of see it behind me. See that little black deal right? Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's plugged in always, so it just pumps out like near boiling hot water. Oh, it's like a culligan or whatever. Yeah. No. Oh.
1: Wow. Fancy.
0: Yeah. So I get it delivered and it, 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 I like it. I like because you get cold water, hot water on demand. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. It's worth the expense. How was your weekend? Fine. Oh, yeah. I yeah. ran 20 miles on Sunday. How long did that take you? But uh, three hours. Damn. Just a minute over, I think. Yeah. Right at marathon pace, man. So I'm feeling good. I feel really it feels really good. That puts you like under marathon pace, right? Just slightly. Cause you'd have six more miles. There's another six miles. Yeah. So yeah. leave some, leave some contingency room, but I feel good about it, man. It was great. Everything was excellent. I didn't feel fatigued until mile 17. And mm. then it really started to hurt. And I pushed through, I lost, I lost some time. So I was going under nine. Um, Damn. and yeah, man. So marathon is in two weeks.
1: Man, so you do yeah, you, you feel like you hit your wall around seventeen? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Yeah, yeah, right around there. And then what? A couple um, miles of hell,
1: and then like, do you kind of get back to coasting at like mile twenty or something, or does it just kind of suck from there on out?
0: I don't know. Twenty is the most I've ever ran in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. So I
1: don't know. Oh, Franklin. So this was that was your most miles ever. This that was a weekend.
0: PR, sir. Wow. Look yeah. At you. Yeah. Proud. So. During a marathon, it'll be uh, it'll be cool because I, I w- I'll be running with the pace group. Yeah. So it'll be under nine pace group, and uh, you know you got the adrenaline of the race and everything like that. And um, so I'm stoked on it, man. I am stoked on it. We're proud of you. What's been great about these is I've been doing all my long runs on Sundays. So I get up really early, get them done. I'll be done before ten. Get home, take a shower, and then lay on my ass all day and have an excuse to just watch, watch football. football all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually been beautiful.
1: I've enjoyed man. it quite a bit. And you can like eat pizza or wings and not feel guilty exactly. at all. Exactly. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. <laughs> tremendous tremendous stuff. That's, that's beautiful. Um yeah man, so it's been uh it's been sweet. So sweet, Uh, but yeah, dude. uh, How was your weekend? It was good. Went home to uh, the Glass
1: City. Went on Friday and saw my brother Chris Callahan and my cousin Marcus. Actually, they they had a show going on, and uh, my cousin Marcus is in like a jam band, like a credency, like that kind of era, like that '60s kind of like jam band rock. Which they're fucking awesome. They're really good for a three piece, especially. Um, and then Chris Cali, our our buddy, uh, and actually how we, me and Frank know each other, he's like he's always done his like hip hop lane. Well, they they kind of like brought it together for uh, a couple of songs, three, four songs, and and did like a little mini set, uh, and they they murdered it, man. Everyone was loving nice. it. Um, They're talking about even doing their own like little uh, kind of group or side project of of doing like some covers and and dude, you know, you get drunk people at one a.m. and you start playing like Lose Yourself by Eminem or an Everlast song or some shit like that, like yeah, yeah. That, that's a good that's set up for success. I feel like so, that was a good time. Had sushi in Toledo that was surprisingly really good. It like kind of blew my mind. I wasn't expecting it, um, especially for the price of it. But when did you eat that? That was on Friday and I haven't got six since. So. Okay,
0: I think you're in the clear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that was really good. I think it was called Tokyo Toledo, or something like that. But it was it was solid. Check it out if you're in the Glass City area. And then Saturday, what we really went home for was to go and watch uh, NIU play the Toledo Rockets at the Glass Bowl. Um, Beat them. They did beat them. It was a good game. They they uh, they won by a field goal, but they won by like two points. Kicked field goal with a couple seconds left. Um, Really back and forth game. Really like good defensive battle with a couple big plays. So that was fun. Haven't been to the Glass Bowl in eight years, probably at least. Um, And then later that day was our baby shower in Toledo with like my mom. My whole side of the family, my Detroit family, everything. So,
0: baby, you're gonna be a dad.
1: I'm gonna be a dad. I don't know if I've said that before. I don't want to say sobering. Like it was a fuck. It was great. It was an awesome, awesome party. My mom did an amazing job. It was it was like perfect as far as that goes. But like it was just, it's kind of been this thing like the last seven months or so where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe like we're pregnant. Like we're gonna have a baby. Like mm-hmm. that's so cool. I can't wait for that to happen. And like now it's transitioning to like. Whoa, like it's about to happen. Like I'm about to be like yeah. partially responsible for a little me. Little tykes here almost. Yeah. And like, like we got the room painted last week and now we got like a bunch of shit, man. And and we're having another baby shower for like for the Illinois people in like a month. And it's like, dude, we already have enough. Like, like there's still shit we need, but it's like, I don't
0: I keep it for number
1: two. Yeah, right. But the reality of just like, you know, this is a new person, a bunch of shit, and then just all the things on top of like what the time commitment will be. It's, it's, um I don't want to say scary. Like I'm really pumped for it, but it's, um I'm anxious, I guess, about it too, at the same time. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, as a uh, grown adult man who is barely responsible for himself, I could not imagine being responsible for another life <laughs> at the right. moment. So... <laughs> Oh uh, man, that's awesome! How long, how long? Longer? A month? Maybe it's a week
1: before Christmas, so Ooh, the seventeenth okay. of December, and we're doing these bird classes, and I'm gonna be in the room. Might even be able to catch that little dude, which would be crazy.
0: <laughs> um, hopefully, Set I don't drop like
1: him. Set up like a catcher. Yeah, bro, I, and I got lime in hand, so it's like I, maybe I'll bring in like some stickum gloves or something to make sure. Call I for catch the change
0: him. Up. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Throw oh. the heat. Yeah, but it's it's becoming real, man. I'm gonna be a dad. I cannot wait. Oh, well. and I'll be thirty in like a month too, so that's crazy also.
0: Hmm. shit, yeah, oh. we're getting old, yeah, you know how I know I'm getting old. Hmm. I think I talked about this last time, just being set in my ways when I got this new phone, and it I don't I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to say traumatic like it was traumatic, but it was it was like, oh shit, yeah. this is different and unfamiliar, and I don't like I don't like change, <laughs> you know,
1: I always think of uh always sunny. When Dennis, I think it's Dennis is talking. He's like, I'm an American. I'm dug in. <laughs> I'm stuck in my way. I fucking love that episode. But I feel you. Yeah, that'd be such a hard change. So, what, a week's gone by. How, how are you feeling?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% done with Android. Oh, nope. Can't man. Can't do it. phone. Got nothing bad to say about Samsung. But it is it I, the iPhone is a superior operating system machine. Everything it is better just better I could have told it's you, you that Frank if only I would have it's just better man ah, what are you gonna do everybody makes mistakes yeah. everybody has those days speaking of mistakes <laughs> oh yeah uh, big news out of the NFL yesterday evening yeah John Gruden
1: uh, is paying for several mistakes that he's made through the course of years um, that kind of all came to a head this past weekend he officially yesterday uh, during Monday Night Football stepped down as the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders Hours after the New York Times detailed emails in which he had made homophobic and misogynistic remarks. Uh, And this is also following another earlier report of racist statements that he made about an NFL union leader. So this dude is uh, on a streak, apparently. Um, His departure comes after NFL officials as part of a separate workplace misconduct investigation that didn't directly involve him, but that like... They had known emails were going back and forth with him uh, found that Gruden had casually and frequently unleashed these misogynistic and homophobic uh, Languages terms over several years to denigrate people around the game and to mock some of the league's changes Uh, He denounced the emergence of women as referees the drafting of a gay player in Michael Sam back in uh, I think it was 20 like 14 or so a couple years back um, and and tolerance of like players protesting during uh, the playing of the national anthem uh, when that was all going on with Colin Kaepernick. Gruden's messages were primarily sent to Bruce Allen, who was the former president of the Washington football team, then Redskins, um, and others, uh, while he was working for ESPN as a color analyst during Monday Night Football. In the emails, Gruden called the league's commissioner, Roger Goodell. Um, what our friends across the pond would use uh, for the term for a cigarette, or perhaps a bundle of sticks. Um, He also called Goodell a clueless anti-football pussy, and said that Goodell should not have pressured Jeff Fisher, then the coach of the Rams, to draft queers, uh, which was a reference to Michael Sam, who was uh, one of the first gay players chosen uh, by an NFL team in 2014.
0: So if you would have stopped right at clueless anti-football pussy, you would get zero arguments from me. (laughs) You might have got a raise. (laughs)
1: But uh, yeah, so yeah, he's just, he's just kind of, and, and to do it in email, it's, it's, it's very dumb. doesn't really make sense. Maybe he's just older. He doesn't really understand that that shit is forever, but
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess at the, at the source of it, right, that that's, you can't send professional emails like that. You just, that's a fireable offense anywhere. And he deserves to go, you know, regardless of stature in the NFL. Um, yeah. I have zero problem with his firing. I got nothing against that. But there's a couple things here that stand out to me, and it's all about hypocrisy. You mentioned that he was emailing to this guy, uh, uh, Jeff Allen, was that his name? Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen, excuse me. So Bruce Allen, part of the Washington uh, football team, who just last year was under investigation for uh, sexual harassment, as part of a, a larger investigation into a workplace um, harassment, uh, they were fined uh, officially for bullying and intimidation at, The workplace uh, independent investigation found that uh, bullying and intimidation frequently took place and many described the culture as one of fear and numerous female employees reported having experienced sexual harassment and a general lack of respect at the workplace in 2013. Uh, Some cheerleaders for the then Washington Redskins were required to escort sponsors to a nightclub in Costa Rica and pose for topless photos. Now, this team got fine $10 million to my knowledge nobody got fired
1: actually he was fired in 2019 Who, mr. Allen he was fired last year and and that's part like that's kind of how I think a lot of this got going they were investigating further into that and found these emails back and forth with him and Gruden because Gruden's Mm. pulled into this uh, saying that Gruden exchanged emails with Allen and other men that included photos of women wearing only bikini bottoms, uh, including one photo of two Washington cheerleaders from the incident that you just uh, described. Yeah. So, like, they're sending this stuff back and forth, you know, kind of like the good old boys club. They were already investigating him uh, on an email that he wrote to Allen, also in 2011, in which he used racist terms to describe NFL Players Association. Uh, executive director Damari Smith, uh, who is black in that email. Gruden said, uh, "While this is while he was working for ESPN. He sent it from his personal email. He said uh, Smith, he criticized Smith's intelligence and used the sentence he used to just de- like describe him was that Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. So, you know, that, that, that was like the first thing that came out towards the beginning of the weekend. And mm-hmm. I, I think I even saw uh, Randy Moss, who's now a color analyst on ESPN uh, just like express his frustration and distaste with the league and Roger Goodell, you know, allow this kind of stuff to keep going on, uh, keep happening. And and uh, can't say they're wrong. Um, w- one thing it makes me think about, though, and, and miss, this is a Mr. Rager tweet, actually, it's it's very <laughs> profound, actually. But like, if we're going to do this, start pouring back through old emails. Um, and, and this isn't to excuse what Gruden did at all. But like, I, I think that I would love to see a lot of the owner's emails around the time that Colin Kaepernick was taking his knee Mm -hmm. to see what they were saying. Like, what what do you think Jerry Jones is saying in that group chat? Oh,
0: yeah, man. You know, know? and that's exactly right. Not to excuse Gruden at all, but his comments, his words, they are not unique to John Gruden. Mm -hmm. They're not. And you know that they're not. And they were able to find these emails in a cup of coffee. That's how long it took them to find these emails. So they have every ability to find what they need to find. And they're protecting who they need to protect. I think it was Albert Breer. He had a brilliant tweet. And he said, this is the difference between the people who cash the checks and the people who write the checks. Because Dan Snyder, the owner of Washington football team, nothing happened to him. If you really wanted to send a message, you would rip this guy from his team. Because ultimately, he is responsible for what's going down Um in his organization, they find him ten million dollars. You know how much Dan Snyder is worth? Yeah, more 2. than that. Six billion. Yeah, that's a drop yeah. in the bucket. Here you go, ten million. Yeah, it's yeah, just I don't know, man. I, the hypocrisy of all of this it sucks because I could sit here and definitively tell you that the NFL does not give a frog's fat ass about women, about minorities, about any of them, mm-hmm. because they are willing to protect those who which who they want to protect. Dan Snyder is the perfect example. This guy is a piece of garbage. And it has been documented time and time and time again. He's got the money, right? They're not willing to make they're not willing to make any message or any statement or take any action until somebody is caught red handed. And that's how you know that these guys are just blowing smoke full of shit. All of them. You you know, I, 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 I like you love professional football. I love it death I watch it every weekend and I wish I didn't because I hate the NFL yeah I mean they're just the worst organization they are the epitome of what it means to be a a good old boys club and everything that they do is reactive none of it is proactive they they went through great lengths to try and squash any evidence that um, players were suffering greatly from their uh, concussions and and head hits uh, from the NFL. And they had to be reactive. They had to play defense about that. And so what do they do? They make uh, a bunch of rule changes to where you have John Gruden who, you know, for what it's worth up until yesterday was a very prolific member of the NFL community mm. calling the commissioner of NFL, a clueless anti-football pussy, Is that what he called them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what, that's what you get for being reactive, for not being proactive, for not wanting to tell the truth, but trying to defend the shield. Uh, this is a story as old as time. As long as Roger Goodell has been in office, this is, this is how it's been, but he's grown the game immensely from a profit level so he's untouchable and the people that keep him in office are untouchable and so as long as that's going to be the case and i don't foresee that not being the case anytime soon uh all this is just smoke and mirrors it's greenwashing it all of it is hollow and it means nothing the nfl does not care about women they do not care about minorities they do not care about the people that they claim to care about and their actions show it i have Absolutely no respect for any of these guys. And it sucks because, you know, I, I, I would hate to see John Gruden get fired and then that's it. That's as far as, what, oh yeah, you know, what? the NFL did their job. They fired him. They did what needed to be done. You know, he couldn't let this go on any longer. Fuck you. No, 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 no. This goes way deeper, way, way, way deeper. And I hope this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I've heard all kinds
1: of stories, man. Um. I, I know someone that had worked in the Colts organization, a female who's, who, kind of literally mirrored the same shit where it's, it's like this clubby culture, like with, you know, you got this NFL like circle of peers basically. And it's like white male decision makers, you know, and, and everything else it's like, fuck off.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what else too? I mean, football is a savage sport, man. We both played it. We both understand what it means to be a football player. And when you play it at the highest level, you're bred, literally you are bred from when you're a child to be as much of a savage as possible, that type of behavior is rewarded. Mm-hmm. So it's true. You can't really have it both ways. You can't have a nice locker room full of savage men. You just can't, it doesn't exist. So when I say these words aren't unique to John Gruden, it's not that it's, it's not unique to him and, and the, the leadership. Um, you know, it, it, it's not unique to football. When I look at a coach like Brandon Staley and I see the way that he operates, you know, I can pretty definitively say that Brandon Staley probably doesn't tolerate this type of language in his in his locker room for the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. And if I don't know if you've ever heard him talk, but he's an incredibly stand-up guy. Very, very sharp, very buttoned up, very tidy, right? And, and to, from appearances on the surface, it doesn't look like he tolerates that kind of stuff. But if it came out that, Brandon Staley said the things that um, uh, John Gruden said, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. You know why? Because it's football, man. It's football and it it sucks. It's not an excuse and it doesn't make it right, but that is what it is. And if you've never been in a football locker room and if you've never been around uh, a, a team of 52 guys for six months and you guys become a brotherhood and a family and and you're literally bred to be as aggressive and as vicious of a person as possible. Well, you know, that that's the culture that you're going to create. So, um, you know, it makes me wonder if that culture was like alive and well
1: during his last few years uh, with the Raiders. Cause like he had Carl Nassib on his team. who's was like the first active gay dude. So it's like, was, was he still, you know, was
0: that like a culture that was just like, okay. Uh, I don't know, man. Cause in football it's, it's, as results based of a business as you can get. So I'm sure John Gruden as a head coach of his team doesn't give a, you know, doesn't give a hoot what anybody does so long as they're performing and they're have results. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, deep down, that's the guy he is that, you know, if you can, if you can play then play, I don't care what you do on your off time, who you are, what your identity is. That doesn't matter to me. I think, and, and I'm, you know, putting words in his mouth, but that's what I think. I don't know that there's a culture of that, but but the NFL, the NFL in, you know, if you want to generalize it even more, right? Like the NFL has a very homophobic culture ingrained into it because it's, it's like I said, 52 alpha males, every single one of them trying and competing to be at the top. Right. Right. Yeah. That is that in and of itself right there that breeds homophobia because being gay or being anything other than an alpha male is looked down upon as weakness, Mm -hmm. right? For good or for better works, man. I'm I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's it's all it is, man. It is a reality. And unless you've been in a football locker room, unless you've played the sport and, and it, I'm sure it extends to other sports and other, you know, Top athletes and and the egos that come along with that, but I I know for a fact that a football locker room does not exist in any other sport. It is a unique thing, and unless you've been there,
1: you know the only other thing I've seen similar was lacrosse, and not that it was, it was manly, but there's like a, a a jockish culture to to lacrosse, like a broish culture to lacrosse and hockey too. I guess a little bit.
0: You ever heard of uh, you ever heard what George Carlin said about lacrosse? Mm. Look it up. I won't repeat it here.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Look it
0: up. Lacrosse uh, um, is a shit,
1: though. If he's shit on lacrosse, he's fucked up. Lacrosse is awesome. I, I
0: think it is. I think it's cool, too. It's a good um, sport. Yeah. So, you know, I think to wrap it up, this guy definitely deserved to, to be fired. If, if for any reason you cannot be sending that stuff in your workplace email, I mean, that's not... You right. can't be doing that. You, you <laughs> can't think that you're above that. And, and then above that all that, you know, his words were not... Although he wasn't a coach at the time, but he was still part of the NFL. That's not the that's not the words that you want coming out of your, the leader of your team.
1: In an email to with, with others on it, but McVeigh was was on there. Uh, Drosty was on there. He he sent it to Allen, and he told Allen to tell Brian Glazer, who was the owner of the Tampa Bay Bucks, who he coached for mm-hmm. uh, up until like 2008, I think. He told, told uh, Allen to tell him to uh, blow him. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan said Glazer would take you up on that offer, and then he also made fun of Caitlyn Jenner when she came out um, and, and he received an award in 2015. So he's he's got a long list of shit he's saying. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, like you're saying, to wrap it up, um, the Raider special teams coordinator, Rich Bissachia? Bissachia? Uh, it's Bisaccia, Bisaccia, it's B I S A C C I A, I think it's Bisaccia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he has been ele- elevated to interim head coach, and they will make a decision in the future.
0: Well, it's nice knowing you, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, his career's done. Yeah. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Sorry, partner. Yeah. Can't be doing it. Uh, switching gears here, uh, Christmas is coming up in just a short, uh, I don't know, what do we got here? Eight weeks? Ten weeks, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, ten And um, I guess the season pretty much starts in about a month, the shopping season. The reason I bring up Christmas is because the Port of Los Angeles, which is the busiest port in North America, and is responsible for 30% of our imports, um, is seeing a massive logjam jam right now. There are ships that are just stuck at sea. Here's a little video of the current situation this was taken 2 days ago the juxtaposition of the ocean look like this is a lot of ships to be at. See, these are all cargo ships right each one of them are holding roughly 7500 20 foot cargo containers
1: Yeah, i can just say for my industry this has been going on for a, a few months now i've, I've like we have um, our products like that yeah. are coming in that are manufactured in china like for you know mini controllers uh, sure yeah. Interfaces, microphones, yeah. all this different stuff. Yeah. They 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 would like let us know to let our customers know, like, hey, it'll be here um, you know, end of August. And technically it was here end of August, sitting in a port in yeah. LA or down in Louisiana. Uh, but mainly in LA is where the backup has been, like you're saying. And and it'll sit there for a month or more. And it's like <laughs> ETAs are just destroyed right now because of this.
0: Yeah. So to give you a little bit of scope here, so this is the port of Los Angeles. Port it's it's actually like Long Beach, but it, this is called the Port of Los Angeles. All of this is full. Mm-hmm. So the, the the people that are at sea right now that are stuck there, they have to be there because they have nowhere to put the containers. So this is, a, this is how big this place is. And it's all full. And uh, if you've ever driven by it, it's like a massive, um, massive area sorry this thing's getting in my way. and you could see that some of them were stacked like seven high, right so like this is no small deal and the reason for this log jam, the reason that they're um, they're so backed up is because of COVID. Any different COVID regulation? Anybody getting COVID? Anybody having to quarantine? Um, anybody who doesn't have the proper vaccines? That they're. coming, mean, every from from the truck drivers to the train operators to the people coming from overseas to the people working the longshoremen at the port, and it's caused a really, 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 really big logjam to a, a problem that's already been you know pretty big so far. So it's exasperated a problem that's already existed and this is, this is important for two reasons. One, because of commerce. Um, there's fears that the Christmas shopping season for, you know, for whatever that's worth, isn't going to be as robust as it has in past because people just can't get the product that they need to get. Um, so it could mean that the shelves at your stores are a little bit lighter. Um, this is mostly, you know, uh, imports of dry goods. So uh, not really food that we're talking about, but the the bigger issue here is that two weeks ago, there was a massive oil spill off the coast of Huntington Beach. Um, they're investigating it right now, uh, but there was a minimum of 24,000 gallons of oil and a worst case, they haven't really been able to figure out, but a worst case of 131,000 gallons of oil spilling into our beautiful Southern California waters. They believe through what they've been able to find out so far that this is due to a cargo ship dropping anchor where it wasn't supposed to drop, dragging one of these pipes and bursting it open. And Uh, it just blows, man, because it's, it's all avoidable. All of this was avoidable. I think, and this is just me opining here, right? Like we're done talking about the facts of the story. I think that this hysteria with COVID was always going to have collateral damage. And if it's not, you know, if the delay of, of commerce and goods and imports onto our shores isn't enough. It's that downstream effect of that many boats or that many uh, cargo ships in the water and doing things that they otherwise wouldn't have done had there been regular operations. And now we have thousands of gallons of, of oil in our oceans. And, you know, I was watching the news the other morning, they have a tally of all the Marine life that has been killed and the birds that have died directly from the oil spill and all these globs of, um, of oil that have been washing up far south of San Diego um, from Huntington beach. It's just such a sad story and it's all avoidable. All of this could have been a thousand percent avoided if we were losing our ever living minds with COVID. That's just my take. Yeah, man. Yeah, I
1: totally see that. I went to a, uh, a J Cole concert last week at the United center with J Cole, 21 Savage and Moray and the whole week leading up to it, bro. Emails once a day, sometimes twice a day. You know, here's our COVID precautions. Blah blah blah. This is what you need to enter, or you won't be able to come in. You need a mm. proof of vaccination or a proof of, of like a, a negative COVID test within the last uh, seventy-two hours. You also need to wear a face mask the entire time you're there. To me, it's like almost like one or the other. Like if you're going to require me to prove to you that I'm vaccinated or, or not positive for COVID, why do I need to go in there and wear a mask? So then you get there, and they're sending me these emails all week. I walk up to the door, they say, you know, let me see your COVID card. I just pull out, I go to pull it out, and as soon as he sees me pull out, like, a white piece of paper that was folded in fours, he goes, all right, you're good. I literally could have brought, like, a McDonald's coupon to this thing. Mm, right, yeah, exactly. And he and and let me <laughs> right in. And then during the event, no one is wearing masks at all. Mm. No one's enforcing it. It's, it's just all smoke and mirrors to, like, check your Illinois box of, like, hey, these are the laws. We we sent out fifteen emails about it, and that you know we did our best to enforce it, but it's too many. Like, it's just it's just smoke and mirrors, man. And like now, as you're describing it, it's like affecting the main import hub for America because of of you know you're sick, you had to quarantine for two weeks, or blah 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 blah. It's just it's just a lot of things that don't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, dude, it's um, it's very frustrating. Um, I'm going to be speaking off, so I'm I'm not going to talk directly about it, but it was the director of Health and Human Services. And he was being questioned by uh, either a member of Congress or Senate some hearing. And this guy has like no he has no uh, science degree. He has no uh, doctorate in anything. He's just been working in like health services, which is a is a much bigger point of all this. Because if you look at the people who are in charge locally of your decision of the decisions to wear a mask, to mandate, uh, uh, you know, stores closing or what have you, all of those people are unelected officials with absolutely zero uh, professional background in science or medicine. They're your health and human so like look it up in your county who your health and human human services director is in your in your county, and you will see that this person has a a, a, tremendous amount of power over the things that you do through COVID, and you didn't elect them, and they do not have the qualifications for it. But this guy was talking, you know, this guy was being questioned, and he was like, um, he was they were asking him like, look, there are dozens of studies. Have you seen these studies about? Uh, antibodies and he's just like saying like you know the studies for antibodies trying to deflect and he's like listen to me like there are hundreds of millions of Americans who have gotten covid maybe it's not that much maybe it was millions millions of Americans that have gotten covid recovered from covid and now have antibodies and the empirical evidence shows that the antibodies are as stronger even stronger than the antibo- than what you get If you get the vaccine. And so you're saying, what about these people? Why would you mandate it for them? If it is more effective that they don't have the vaccine, why would you mandate it for them? You you can't answer any question about that. I went to a show last Wednesday and I had to show proof of vaccination and it boiled my blood, man. It made me feel so like angry because it was such a, it is such a futile It's an exercise in futility. It meant nothing. Nobody was safer because of it. Nobody was um, going to be uh, in any danger if they didn't have that proof of vaccination um, rule at this concert venue. But you couldn't get in without it. And it's just like that fact right there. To me, it's like, okay, for whatever
1: you want to say, if it's because of COVID, people are dying or they have COVID when they die, like whatever. Like there's an elevated risk of death over the last couple of years because of this, that is still like somewhat of a fact. So it's like, we have to take that as a fact. And then, you know, if we're going to have this, this vaccine that now we're like pretty much forcing on people. And in, in many cases, it better be pretty fucking effective at not letting you get COVID like right now. It's just effective against not hospitalizing you. Right. So it's like, I, I don't have a problem going into a venue and showing them like, Hey, I'm vaccinated. If I do that, I should not have to wear a fucking mask the rest of the evening while I'm there if everyone else is showing that they're vaccinated and if this vaccination is as incredible as it is being said that it is to the fact where it's forced. The, the other thing, kind of what I was saying with the United Center, if, if you're not going to do that and you say you don't need to show proof of vaccination, well then, okay, that's fine. Anyone can go. Like, you don't need to prove that you're vaccinated to go to a J. Cole concert or to the concert you went to, but then like asking people to wear a mask isn't like a huge thing to ask. Um, If they're as effective as they're said to be, so it's like, if we're following all the shit that Fossey's saying, it's like, well, if the face masks are effective, why do we need to prove that we're vaccinated and vice versa? Like, it it doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
0: I think that's. (laughs) I think that's. You nailed it right there. It doesn't make sense. Everything is arbitrary, and because everything's arbitrary, you you don't you don't garner any trust, right? right? It it then becomes about power. It becomes about these concert venues saying you can't get in without adhering to these rules which may be well-intentioned but very obviously have no standing in reality and because of these rules and these arbitrary rules for the name of safety or whatever like you said you have these issues these collateral issues that stem from it like a giant log jet in the port of los angeles that led to a giant oil spill and off the coast of southern california and you know we talked about it or I talked about it in, in, in our uh, friendship news minute yesterday, um, Southwest airlines over the weekend, um, experienced a crazy amount of, uh, outages and, and cancellations and delays in their flights. Um, not because of any organized reason, but it's, it's now starting to look like that the pilots who were told that they needed to have a vaccine mandate, needed a vaccine because of the mandate, Um, we're saying, well, look at, I'm going to make the decision not to get it, but I also have all this sick time that if I don't use before the end of the year, then I lose it. And if I'm going to be fired, I'm going to use my sick time. And it looks like that's what happened. And and from everything that I've been able to read, even down to like, uh, people's accounts of their friends that are pilots of Southwest, all of them were saying none of this was organized. None of this was was anything that we all got together and say, "All right, guys, we're going to stick it to the man." It was just a result of an arbitrary rule that was put down upon these uh, these people, and it's like you don't if you can't see two steps ahead in front of you uh, when you do something like mandate a vaccine with the conditionality of your employment, then it's like, well, all right, man, you've kind of laid, you know, you kind of made your own bed there and it was short sighted and you know, there's going to be repercussions for it. And we're all feeling them and it's all avoidable. It's all avoidable. Have you seen Biden's approval rating? (sighs) No, I'm sure it's as low as it can be. Yeah. It's as low as
1: it's been. And it's stayed down there like that. From what I was reading yesterday the like Democrats kind of expected it to bounce back and it dropped like 15 points really quickly Um, But it hasn't and like what they found The reason why it hasn't is because people are directly relating all of these like basically like inconveniences in their life to him And it it didn't dip so much as much with Democratic voters Although it did Mm -hmm. the huge drop off because like obviously Republicans are like have always been like fuck This guy was independent voters Mm-hmm. All those independent yeah. people that, you know, said fuck Trump this last election now are kind of like, well, hold on. This dude said a bunch of shit and all he's really done is like basically forced all these new things that make my life inconvenient and, you know, like don't seem to really be going the way he thinks it's going to be going. And I'm right. still wearing a mask after being vaccinated a year, like go almost. So it's like, it's very interesting. I, I don't think... <laughs> If this kind of shit keeps going, which I, it wouldn't before an election would happen, they would loosen all these restrictions to try to lighten, you know, this kind of general downtrodden feeling that, that he seems to be having. But if if they don't, man, I don't see how he'd get reelected, man. Well,
0: I think we, I think it's you know, we, we have a very good uh, look into like places like Australia. Right. Are you, are you following what's going on in Australia? I have not. No. no, it's just an authoritarian police state. They are literally arresting men, women, and children who are not wearing masks where they're supposed to be or out when they're not supposed to be out or whatever, man. I mean, like legitimately have lost their mind. It's out fucking rageous what's going on in Australia. Damn. I wouldn't have picked Australia as the place to be like this, but they are an authoritarian police state, my friend. It's wild. And... If you're able to see that and then you kind of see that there are, you know, we're edging towards that kind of deal. I think it's very easy to reject that wholesale. Right. I mean, it's just basic ass psychology. If you tell a little child he can't have that piece of candy, all that kid's going to think about is that piece of candy. If you mandate that we're supposed to have the vaccine what the fuck did you think were going to happen? Oh, okay. Well, I guess the government says I have to get it. So now I'm like, what are you talking about? When have we ever, you know, walked quietly into that dark night to borrow a phrase? It's never happened. And I don't know why you think that people would be so, and you know, maybe you do, maybe they do think that maybe they have as low of an opinion as it appears that they have the general public. And they think that, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to see for ourselves the facts of what are, of what is happening. And they can just, you know, use whatever power they have to force this shit down our throats. And, and, you know, I think the sooner that we, decide to step up, um, the better, I don't, you know, I'm not advocating for people to go and disrupt things more than they're already disrupted. Like I mentioned yesterday, it blows for those people who had to cancel, had their plans canceled yesterday because, or over the weekend, because pilots didn't show up to work, whoever didn't show up to work and all the problems they were having. You know, I think people understood the, the gravity of the decision they make as a, especially as a pilot to say, I'm not coming to work this day, but I think what you're going to see is that people are going to start waking up to the power that they have because they're getting pushed down so far for this stuff that, you know, it's and it was never supposed to be this way in the first place, right? Like you have this medical miracle of a vaccine. If you can't portray the benefits of getting that to the public as much as you want, that's a failure on you The res- to result in using a strong hand to make it happen is not going to help your cause at all. I don't think that's ever been successful anywhere in history. And I think what history tells us is that if the power doesn't work, more power is added. You don't retract from a, a a mandate unless the people that you're trying to put this mandate on wake up to the power that they have and their power is their labor. We've talked about this before. Your labor holds so much more power than you can possibly imagine. It sucks that you are, you know, beholden to a paycheck because of it, but you know, the more people wake up to it and understand that they have the ability to disrupt things in a major, major way, you might, you might see a little bit more of that going on. I don't know. And I, and I would hate to see things get worse than they are, but I think we need to wake up a little bit more to the fact that there is absolutely oversteps of boundaries going on right now. And, uh, it's not right. It's, and it's affecting all of us. Damn it. <sighs> anyway, switching gears. You want to talk about Columbus? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out
1: Carol Delaney.
0: Uh, let's see. Ah, this story came out last week. That was pretty, it's pretty funny. An Indonesian man marries his rice cooker, divorces it days later saying, quote, couldn't handle the pressure.
1: <laughs> ah, that's punny. That's punny.
0: Oh, uh, man. I guess, it's, I guess it's a growing trend. Uh, but there's a, a gentleman by the name of Koirul Anam from Magalang, Java. Uh, He took to Facebook to announce his wedding by posting pictures of the bizarre nuptial ceremony in the post. Uh, Anam was spotted wearing a traditional wedding attire while his electric bride was dressed in a white translucent veil for the (laughs) signing document. So this guy legitimately married his rice cooker. Uh, Listing the qualities of his wife, Anam said (laughs) that his wife is fair, quiet, obedient, doesn't talk much, knows how to cook. Seems like he found a winner. <laughs> uh How does that happen? How is that legal? I don't know, man. And Indonesian law, I suppose. It's all a yeah. stunt. Um, I guess this guy is pretty popular in Indonesia, knowing for doing uh, um, ah, crazy okay. things. You know, I, I don't. I don't know that this was a, a, a gentleman who was serious about uh, actually being married to his rice cooker, but. Um. You know, I guess, like, like I said, this is a, a trend, a, a Chinese man, um, back in April of 2017, he married a female robot because he couldn't find a wife. He just yeah. found this robot and married it. And, and. As technology grows, can't you see that happening a little bit more? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely. Like, bro. like uh, I, it makes me sad to, to to think and talk about because I know how many people have serious serious issues socially and with other people being vulnerable and opening up and 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 making an attempt to to find love with another person because of how they were, how they were raised, uh, different experiences with love in the past that left them scarred and hurt. Um, so I do think it's easier just to say, fuck it, man, I'm going to create what I want to love and I'll be happy. I, yeah, I I don't even know what to say
1: about that. That's scarily probably exactly what's going to happen in like 20 to 50 to a hundred years. I don't even know, but the more and more we get cut off because of social media and shit like that. And we don't know how to engage with people and talk to people and form real relationships. People are going to be marrying robots and rice cookers. Yeah, man. Hey,
0: how, how wild was your realization of, of your uh, addiction to Instagram when it went down last week? I actually
1: happened to be kind of busy with work that day. Uh, So I didn't even realize it happened until after it happened. But I mean, just in general, like if social media is like all crashed, not just Instagram for me, but like, yeah, it, it'd be, it'd be weird, man. Like I, I'm, I'm conditioned to if I'm bored, or you know, I go take oh, yeah. a shit or whatever. It's like the first thing. It's like boom, scrolling on some kind of you know TikTok, Twitter. Instagram, something like it's, it's not healthy.
0: (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've opened my phone to like use the calculator. And then 20 minutes later, I find myself on Instagram like, oh shit, I actually have things to do. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I think it's the, the average, the average distraction when you're trying to do work is like 10 minutes. It's like anytime that you get a notification or your mind goes somewhere while you're trying to complete a task. And then you pay attention to something else. The average time that that takes to get you back to your task, I think is 10 minutes. I have to check on that. That's a lot of time, dude. Yeah. How many times you get a notification? How many times do you get distracted? all the time (laughs) you know what i'm saying like and we just surround ourselves with it it's wild to me and and yeah dude i i i I remember opening up instagram and seeing this i had a reason to though because i was uploading our videos to our page so i was really hoping to, to to wait to see if you know it came on back line so i could get this stuff back up but i kept looking at the same fucking post like twenty times, dude. I look at it. My oh my gosh, yeah. it's back down, and I'm like, oh man, I'm opening this app way too much. I'm like, I'm like anticipating it being back online. I hated it, dude. Honestly, dude, if it wasn't for this podcast, I would probably delete Instagram again. I deleted Instagram last year for, a little over like, I think three months. Really? It's beautiful. I, I've been off
1: Facebook since 2018, and I love that because uh, yeah. my family hasn't yeah. yeah, quite I've- as much infiltrated Instagram as they did Facebook, but. Got out of hand quick, man. I, I I sit here and I talk politics myself. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't like to watch people, especially like in my family and people I'm close with, like argue, especially to the extent that like some
0: of my family. That's what it do. is. And it's it, the argument because there's nothing to be gained speaking on heavy controversial topics online
1: right yeah you just see comments that are that long of just yeah i think this inn, inn, and you just gotta keep going And then the next person fires back because you don't want to lose a social media argument and it's like dude
0: yeah they'll, but, they'll, but they'll you know and if you any any argument you win nobody wins it's true because you make somebody else lose i know when i go on twitter and i'll see something like crazy controversial that somebody put up the first like few comments dude they're all bots yeah, right. Yeah. And they're all super partisan. For example, um Dave Chappelle's new special. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? No, I have need to. Have oh, you not seen it. Need okay, to well, tonight. I won't spoil it for you or anything, but um essentially what he does is he goes back over his like last specials. And he talks about them, and he talks about the controversy that is raised and he actually gives very insightful Thoughts to it. I think that anybody upset at watching his special didn't watch his special, mm. but it caused a furor uh, uh, on, on Twitter, particularly with the trans community, as you might imagine. They um, don't like Dave Chappelle. And, <laughs> like <that. laughs> um, I'm reading these comments, and even from people who I understand to be actual live human beings, and I'm just like, oh god, like good is this doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like what is the benefit of this? Right. It's what true. is the benefit of this? Because it, it just gets people angry to the point that three employees of Netflix, it's being spun that they got fired for raising or they got suspended for raising objections over this special. They stormed into an executive's meeting and demanded that they they take down the special, uh, from Netflix. You know, like what motivates somebody to do that? Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. And if I, you know, know. and so like my question is that if you take off, if you take off, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that, and you don't have this forum to just air grievances at will and people react to them, how much happier would you be as a person? And I don't even know. I don't even know that we'll ever see that again. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't think you're wrong, but could you imagine like... I've always thought the best way a nuke would be pretty damn effective to like sure. wipe out America but like could you imagine the results of like an EMP blast I- in America like if it, if it took out all electronics in America like and knocked down all social media and everything which is out the kind of like chaos and Panama like we would literally I think riot within ourselves and like kill our like destroy our own communities, I think, if it Mm. lasted for any length of time.
0: I disagree a thousand percent. You think so? Yeah. I think I think it would strengthen us beyond our wildest dreams. Uh if you ever get the chance to read the book uh Tribe by Sebastian Younger, um basically talks about people within hardship who are forced to turn to one another. Sure. Not only get stronger, but they become They reminisce over those times um, with nostalgia.
1: The thing about like the looting and the riot, there'd be people would be robbing everything and everyone that didn't have like a gun or anything to protect themselves.
0: True. I mean, like, I think just by nature of nothing running off of analog systems anymore and it all being intertwined and connected through the web, um, that would be the worst of it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like socially you and I or whatever, yeah, right. Not like, but like, I couldn't no, talk man, to you, like, like, Frank. I wouldn't be able to communicate with you. We'd, we'd be done. I, as much as that would make me sad. If it, if it meant that the, the bigger, the, the bigger picture meant that we didn't have social media or any of that. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned it, that the lack of human interaction is just brutal to us. And we talked about it last uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, uh ideological subversion. Yeah. The the, the the that is the plan right now. It and, is. And it's working to a
1: T. And funnily enough, our lowest video counts of any videos on social, so it's almost as if Oh, really? Yeah, it's almost as if they're not that. putting them into any timelines for us. Mm, By a lot. Like on Instagram, like pff, we get solid views on, on some videos and stuff. And this, these have like one or two plays on them per
0: video. Oh, really? Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. yeah. Check it out later. It's it's I like, ah. if that's because I like I used a hashtag that, like you know, tr- yeah. Like, you know what I'm seeing on Twitter now is that people, people are using like different spellings of the word vaccine. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or Moderna or Pfizer, uh, so that they don't get tagged in bra. Yeah. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, YouTube today or, or yesterday just just came out and said that any anything that perpetuates climate change as a hoax, or that says that greenhouse gas emissions do not uh, raise the climate and that they're not man made, will be taken down.
1: Jesus. Oh fuck. man. You know, control the so message. You,
0: you'll forgive you'll forgive me if we you know if, if I'm you know not all too psyched to be hit with an EMP. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I welcome it. <laughs> Absolutely, sweet meteor of death. Oh
1: my god! Um, well, we should probably get out of here, but before we do. We should probably let our good listeners that have listened this far uh, in on a really cool promo opportunity. Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself, but when it helps American heroes like veterans and first responders, it is that much better. Gun Barrel Coffee is proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country from their medium blend, the Moab. Their Devil Dark, the Battleship Roast, and even their CBD-infused blend, The Medic. All their coffees are smooth without the acid or bitterness you find in so many coffees. And right now, they even have their own hot sauce called The Big Guns. Uh, They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean, ground, or single-serve pods. And right now, promo opportunity that I spoke of, you can use the code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That is Promo code FNH10. Gun Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause.
0: Hell yes! Yeah. Uh, you can uh, reach us um, on a, a myriad of uh, avenues, um, so long as we're still online. That is going to be uh, at Friendship NH. On Twitter, at Friendship News Hour, on both Twitter and TikTok, and at bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com.
1: Let me just say, I can't wait to text you and see a blue text pop up <laughs> very soon. I'm very excited. Very soon. Very soon, indeed. And our friend, Mr. Rager, said he wants to come on uh, maybe this week, maybe next week, and he's still very into the idea of Android. So we thought we would discuss, maybe dive in, learn a little bit more about both phones. Well, he's he's
0: American and he's dug in. (laughs) That's all I'll say about that. All right, y'all. Until next time, friends.